Hi, I'm Monique Carriol and I'm building a movement of brave leaders so that together we can tackle some of society's most fundamental needs. So I'm here to encourage you to be yourself, support you to back yourself and really help you through those practical steps to navigate your leadership and career journey to enable you to make it happen. Hi everyone and welcome to episode four. If you've listened to any of my previous sessions, you'll know that these are the recordings from my free leadership webinar series, Be Yourself, Back Yourself and Make It Happen. So episode four is session four, the power of a conversation building influence and relationships. This is one of my favorite sessions in the series because I honestly believe the power of a conversation can unlock so much. I talk to people and guide people on this all the time. And in this session, you'll hear me try to weave together the two threads I'm talking about, building influence. So we talk about building your network with confidence, how to manage upwards, but also then talking about building relationships, influencing change without authority. And I talk about why I think influence and negotiation skills are the most important skills to have if you want to succeed at any level of responsibility. Why do I think that? Because I think they enable you to build trust and confidence and they connect to what I talk about, about learning to listen, to understand. My guest Nikita Padar is wonderful wonderful truly wonderful at building influence and relationships and what I love about this session as well is she really gets into the practicalities of how she does that listen out for Nikita talking about how in her role how she had to so two things actually Nikita talks about re-engineering and remapping the path for her career and having to work out what she was really good at and if you remember uh, session three we we asked the question what are you great at and how important it is to know what you're really good at Nikita talks about how she did this and then how she's pursued roles related to that she also talks about the role that she has now as a transformation lead in the NHS working with primary care and Nikita works in quite a complex and challenging environment and when I worked with Nikita she was an integral part of my team when we were working through the COVID pandemic she's an excellent project manager and she delivered so many things in high pressure situations. Nikita shares with us though about the power of reflection and I love this as an addition to the power of a conversation. She talks about why she believes reflecting is what helps make people great leaders. So that difference between good and great. But she also says about using reflection to look back and really um, assess and analyze what it is you've achieved and learned before moving forward. I will talk about the top takeaways more at the end of the session, but listen out as well for what Nikita talks about in terms of having confidence having love for yourself and making the time to think about how you need to communicate. Okay, so if you have joined me, I know there are some of you who've been with me for all four sessions so far. Um, You'll also know then that um, anyone who is joining me for all seven sessions, now it's seven sessions, um, that you will be in with a chance of winning all of the books. So all of the recommended books from all seven sessions. Hello, Angela. It's nice to see you. And hello, Cassandra. So today we are on session four. And you're going to feel a slight difference in the the content of today and what we're going to be talking about. 
Um, and I hope you can work with me and talk to me today about, hopefully I'm gonna guide you through two key strands about building influence and relationships. And I'll tell you more about that. But I'll ask you as we go along to make sure that I'm not losing you and where I'm trying to weave those two together and why they're important. But before we dive into that, just to tell people who haven't been with me before, a little bit about why I've set up this free webinar series. So you know that um, I, was a, I had a 20 year career in the NHS and I recently left my role as a director of strategy and transformation in an NHS community trust. And one of the reasons why I left that role was because I feel that my purpose is to build a movement of brave leaders who together we can tackle some of society's biggest needs. And I didn't feel that I could really um, widen my reach and really encourage and support as many people as I can to develop brave leadership capabilities from working within one organization. I didn't feel I was able to do that. So I've stepped out of that. I've, um, what do you say, practice what I preached in terms of being myself. This is my space and I've designed this webinar in the way that what people have told me they're looking for from leadership support in a way that I think works for people and um, to encourage you to back yourself. If you were with me in the last session, you remember that I said when I asked for advice from my dad, when I was applying for my director role, the one line he gave me was money, back yourself. And it's taken me really far. So I want to help you to back yourself. And most importantly, provide you with some of that practical insight and advice to actually make it happen. So this session is moving into the, the second half of backing yourself. And you're going to see how it starts to connect to sessions five and six about starting to make it happen. But before we go there, I want to do a bit of a follow up from um, the last session. Um, so Tia, if you could take the slides down for me. Thank you very much. So you may recall the follow up action from the last session was about, and I'm going to read it to make sure I get it right. Describe how you do what you do in three bullet points. And why did I ask you to do this? Well, I asked you to do that because I think it's so easy to sort of list out what you do. My job is this. I've got this many years experience. Um, I, I, I've got these skills, etc. But actually, how do you bring to life what it is you do? And if you remember in session three, we were talking about building on your strengths. What are you great at? And I asked that question as well. And people started to answer. And there's some brilliant um, responses in the chat about people really thinking about what am I good at? As I was saying, human nature is it's so easy to go on to what you're not good at or what's not working. I want to start bringing your mind forward into focusing what you can do, what you have got and what you can do to push yourself forward. So that question about how you do what you do. If anyone would like to share in the chat with me um, your responses to that, if you took the homework and you did it, I'd love to hear. But I know thank you very much. I know Uzo dropped me a line and I know you're with me today, Uzo. And she spoke about um, how she does what she does. And for those of you who don't know Uzo, she's a very successful leader, but she's also an extremely compassionate leader. And we use the word authentic all the time. I'd like to call her a real leader. She really tries to understand where people are and how they're feeling to be able to then work on how to influence them and support them to move forward in changes. And I think that's really important that we're able to do that. I think the thing what I would say about that is Uzo, I, Uzo broke down how she focused, what she focuses on. And she put down, um, she plans. She's learned that it's always important to have a plan and to know where you're going and what you're trying to achieve. She focuses on commitment. 
So she says she's going to do something she absolutely delivers. And I think we all know that's really important in leadership. And she spoke about she understands and she uses the power of learning and networking. And I think that really underpins why I've invited people to come into the space, why I'm asking you to share the series with your friends and colleagues, why I wanted to do it free of charge and why I wanted to do it as soon as I left my role, because I actually feel really passionate, not just about learning, but learning all the time and also um, learning by experience and learning by debate and discussion. OK, so I'm just getting some messages saying that you're not able to see the speakers. So I'm just going to check my view. So bear with me a second. Can you tell me if it's any better? So if anyone could give me a message to say if the views changed, is that any better now? You can see me, but no one else. That's right, Bernie, you should only be able to see me. Do you wanna check what view you've got on? So anyone who's saying that they can't see it, you should be on gallery view and you should only be able to see me. Okay, people are saying they can see me. So anyone who can't see me, do you wanna check your view and make sure you've got it on gallery view for me? Okay, okay. Thank you, everyone. So just to come back, I'm just going to pull up the chat because I saw that someone had fed in their answers. So I'm just going to pull that up on the side of my, there we go. I'm just going to scroll back a little bit. So nurture, empower and deliver. I love that. So when you say that, though, I think something what I would also say to people is about really thinking about if I gave you an example of how I how I do what I do, I could say to you, I'm very successful. I've had 17 years in healthcare. I've led complex projects across systems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But how do I make change happen? How do I influence people? How do I build relationships that what we're talking about today? I do that because I build roadmaps and I help people to see how they can connect to that roadmap. I help them to understand what it means for them. And how do I help them to understand that? Because I listen. Remember our term last time, listen with fascination. So when you listen to understand or you listen with fascination, the reason why you're doing that is not just to understand where that person is, but then to also connect them to what you're trying to lead or what you're trying to change. And as a change agent or as a leader, it's so important that you have the ability to do that and to do that effectively. And sometimes you'll need to do that at pace. So understanding how you do what you do and why it's important and how that pushes you forward in your career is so is something that I really want to try and break down today. And that's why I was saying that this session today will feel different. I think I gave you the inspiration of the sessions before. So the first three sessions, you heard from some very powerful women. We heard from Tara talking to us about running her successful business, how she started it, her passion for healthcare, and how she uses the power of mindset to have built a successful podcast as well. We then heard from Ruby. Ruby really guided us on how to challenge constructively, how to create and operate and develop safe spaces. How are we all feeling and managing in the current um, climate of equality and diversity and inclusion being so prominent? Whilst a lot of us will welcome it, it also means that it's encouraging people to speak up. It's meaning that people are facing quite emotional, difficult, challenging situations. How do we do that? 
And how do we manage that as a leader if we have people in our team who are dealing with those issues? And how are we facing it if we are the ones being discriminated or we are the ones who are scared to speak up? How do we be brave? And it was about supporting you to be brave. And then the last session, wow, 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 the inspiration and power from Salma and what we heard from her and what we heard about her leadership journey was absolutely amazing. And I know for, from the feedback, from the chat, people have felt inspired. Some people are saying to me, they're ready, they're ready to go, they're ready to jump, they're ready to take that move. Absolutely amazing. But I also know sometimes when you hear those, hear inspiring leaders and you feel that energy, a week later, you're sitting in your office, the work's flying in, issues in your team, your manager's asking for 500 things to be done in an hour, and all that momentum falls away, you know? Or you could be in a headspace where I heard it, I loved it, but do you know what? I'm a million miles away from that. That's not where I am right now, okay? And this is why I want to, over the next couple of sessions, start to talk to you about where you may be right now, and I hope that I can try and understand that more. There's a lot of you here on the call again, which is amazing. But I also know some of you will be in the same spaces. But to really understand, and my guest today, Nikita, I'll tell you more about in a moment. There's a deliberate reason why I chose for Nikita to be with me today. Because as I said, you can be really empowered and encouraged and inspired by hearing from great senior leaders, hearing from leaders who maybe embody the way that you want to lead, hearing from leaders who you respect, hearing from leaders who you want to follow their path. And there's nothing wrong with that. But actually, I also want you to be able to hear from people who are on their journey now, people who are leading at all levels, people who haven't got the title, you know, haven't got that authority of director, but are actually driving big change, dealing with complex issues, making big stuff happen. And they're doing that using the power of a conversation using their influence and using their relationships to make stuff happen, okay? So this is why the focus will be different. So I'm just gonna pause there for a minute because I wanna make sure I don't miss <laughs> anything that I wanted to say to you today in trying to open the session, okay? So I'm just gonna move my chat down because my laptop today isn't playing with me. So I'm having to move it as I'm talking. So thank you for people who are giving me your, how do you do what you do? So, Trying to move us on now into what I was just saying about Nikita and talking about listening to understand. And I really want to say this. So someone used to work for me. I spoke with him last week. And we were talking about um, using your influence, building your network. How do you do that? OK, how do you do that effectively? How do you do that powerfully? And what happens? I have so many people who come to me and say, Monique, I want to be an executive. I want to be an executive because I want to have the authority. I think I've got the ability to do it. I see other people doing it. They're not doing it as well as they could be doing it. I want to do it a different way. OK, I want to do and I, think I need to be in the seat. I need the title. People won't listen to me unless I have that title. And I know through my career, people have then got that job. And they're in that seat and they're going, hold on a minute, it's not quite happening. What's happened here? And if I'm honest with you, there are many senior leaders who do not have the best influence and negotiation skills that they could have. They've relied on what, would you remember that term if anyone's seen my post? They rely on old power, authority, command and control. And you've heard me say many times before, 
that's not really going to get you to galvanize change. That's not going to get people who really want to work for you. You're not going to empower your team if you're using that. People might do what you're asking them to do because they're forced to do it, because they're told to do it. But if that's the way you want to lead, I'll be honest, this isn't the space for you. This is a different space. Here, my focus is on servant leadership, how we influence others, how we support others. I honestly believe that is the way that we galvanize change. That is the way that you um, empower and grow other leaders. This is about building a movement of brave leaders. So I want to support you to be a brave leader so that you are developing other leaders to be brave. And it grows like a snowball effect. And I just want to talk a little bit about that point, old power versus new power. Old power, command and control authority. We know, and I know someone said it to me as well, we saw it massively in the pandemic. That couldn't cut it. That couldn't lead to change overnight. That couldn't bring people together. That didn't bring communities together. What brought people together was new power. Okay, and when I say new power, it's about relationships. It's about building trust, building confidence, reaching people where they are, understanding where they're coming from, and then trying to bring people together to move forward. And that's what I want to talk about. And I'm not just talking about this in you delivering in your work, in your business to be successful. When I talk about the power of a conversation, I also want to talk about it in relation to you building your network, building your influence, building opportunities for yourself. So many people come to me about, well, I'm stuck. How do I um, get, how do I open up for more opportunities? How do I do that? You know, I work in organization X. My manager above me isn't leaving. I'm stuck. Where's your network? When you're struggling in your role and you need to address things and you're really in that position where, oh my gosh, it feels like the boulder that I'm trying to push up the hill is coming down on top of my head. No one's buying into it. I'm the, I've got the lead for this change project and I'm stuck. Where can you go? That's the importance of building those relationships and building your networks. So I really want to speak to you about that today. Um, I'm going to stop there for a second because I want to, number one, encourage you to um, get ready to put questions in the chat for us. And thank you, Bertha. I think that's a really important point. Changes happen by having your team behind you and giving them freedom to develop and influence. That will create changes. You are absolutely bang on the money. You are absolutely bang on the money. And that's why I'm saying that I know there are people here with me today on this session who understand this. What I want us to do, though, is to build that conversation for people who may be struggling with it, people who haven't got the approaches in their locker, and also to hear about how you use that, not just in your roles, but also on your career journey. I know there are people here who are not using what's in their network. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to have that conversation. And I'm giggling to myself because I know what I've got as the takeaway action. And I know some people will, will gulp when they see it and others will be filling up the chat already saying that they're onto it. But let me introduce Nikita now and tell you a little bit about Nikita and why I've asked her to join me. And I, I should have said at the beginning, it is really hot today. 
So for all of you who have joined me, I really appreciate it. And I hope you're sitting somewhere that's a little bit cool or you've got a fan on you. I've got a fan behind me and I'm standing up today because it's the only way that I could feel comfortable. So I will keep us to time to make sure that we stay in the room for the 90 minutes. But actually, once it's done, you can go and cool off if you're somewhere hot. So back to Nikita. So just if you don't know Nikita, I know we've got some healthcare colleagues and from our local patch who do know her, but um, Nikita, I met Nikita, I think it's coming up for two years ago now. Nikita joined my team and um, she came into a role that need, we needed yesterday. The work needed to be done yesterday. A couple of uh, managers that she would be working with who were under a lot of pressure, really needed stuff doing. We had a gap in the team and we needed her to hit the ground running. OK, we then went into the pandemic and Nikita had to spin overnight into a completely different role, um, running a number of different projects. But Nikita was one of the mainstays in my team. And you've heard me speak about my team before. And the magic of Nikita and what she does is how she builds relationships and she builds them extremely quickly. Now, I didn't know Nikita's backstory when I first started to work with her. I just realized that this was a person, she asked me questions, nothing was too much trouble, but I watched the way how she really tackled some difficult situations um, with ease and with grace and with confidence. And I saw Nikita excel in her role. You know, and Nikita's role was like a junior project manager. I saw her excel in that role where other executives were coming to me and talking to me about Nikita, about her approach, about her delivery, about her, um, her can-do attitude, um, but most of all, Nikita's ability to build relationships and deliver the goods at pace. The reason why I also wanted to invite Nikita here, because as you will realize from me, um, I'm a big believer in developing and supporting people to grow. And I really want people to be able to feel confident as leaders at any level, to be able to tell their story, but also to be able to feel confident sharing views, things that work well and things don't, that don't work so well. You know, and Tia and Ruby who support me here, you know, have busy day jobs. And I know for them in their day jobs in the last year, they've had to do that more and more where they're speaking out as leaders and they're leading big pieces of work. So I want to encourage people as um, people who are on that leadership journey to also have the opportunity to tell their story and if I'm honest, also, like I said, I think there are some senior leaders who can learn from people like Nikita's approach and how they do it. So I'm going to stop there and I'm going to invite Nikita in. So good evening, Nikita. Do you want to join us and turn your camera on? Hi, everyone. Hello, Nikita. I hope everyone can. So if you can't see Nikita as well, do tell me and I will adjust the view. But Nikita, do you want to tell people a bit about your career journey? Um, and about why building influence and relationships are important to you. And then we'll move over to taking some questions. Is that of okay? Course. Yep. So firstly, thank you, Monique, for having me today. Um, it's a great session. I definitely feel like it's something that I'm passionate about, as you know, and I always say, um, building relationships is very important in any role, but also in your personal life too. Um, so at the moment, for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm currently a transformation lead for Hounslow Health PCN. Um, and before that, I was working for Monique's team. Um, and a lot of that involves building relationships, maintaining relationships. But it's also a tricky team to be in because a lot of projects sometimes don't sit well with people. Projects and transformation is definitely new and upcoming. Um, people are very fixed in their ways of working. So it's trying to change that 
um, and also trying to change people's mindset. Um, so a bit of a build up to how I got to where I am. Um, I'll start by saying I actually wanted to be a teacher from a young age. Um, in school, I was always that person to help people with their work. I was always that person where mum would say, are you always going out? You're always talking to people. You talk too much. But I do feel like that's helped me get confidence. Um, and without that confidence, I probably wouldn't be where I am today because there's people I've crossed paths with in the past. And I probably thought I could never manage them or I could never work alongside them. But having that confidence and that can do attitude has definitely helped me get to where I am now. Um, so I then went on to university to carry on my career journey in hoping to become a teacher. Um, and then after that, it didn't go to plan. Um, and I started working in the NHS, just doing some admin bits and bobs. But through conversation, again, and through networking and just making friends and being interested in what services are provided, I then landed myself a job in a um, private healthcare organisation with diabetic eye screening. Um, and in there, I, I knew it's what I enjoyed doing. It was definitely different. I was working with patients, speaking with patients, but I felt like there was something that the service could do better. And then there was a role that came along called an engagement manager role. Um, and I was at first, I was like, an engagement role that's definitely what I like doing I love engaging with people I love improving services I love working with stakeholders to find out what we can do better and what we can change to benefit patients but not only patients but also um, service users so um, when I got the role they told me Nikita you're going to be working with 375 GPs across across northwest London my heart sank I was like what have I got myself into <laughs> Trying to get a hold of your own GP on the phone sometimes can be quite difficult. So trying to work with 375 GPs can be very, very hard. Um, but I, I'd like to say I, I think I've done the job really well. Um, the service itself improved its referral rates. Um, we did reduce DNAs and stakeholders were familiar with, with the service. So I was like, OK, I'm, I'm good at kind of training people. I'm good at going to GPs and meeting them and telling them about what we do and they're actually listening and taking on board the advice and I think something that you mentioned Monique was you know I can leave that room and say I've done what I've needed to do but it's whether they actually continue to listen to that advice um, and they did um, GP surgeries that were performing really badly were actually performing really well and they were kind of speaking with their colleagues and kind of helping out others so that was great um, I then thought right actually something to do with projects is some, something I enjoy um, and I was just speaking and networking with loads of different people um, through a few work events I attended I started working closely with Hounslow um, and that's in the area I live in I then worked for the CCG for the diabetes program um, and was working there for a few months but I felt like okay I could move on from this this is just project support I definitely feel like I have some skills there but what I didn't have was the confidence. Um, I wasn't taking myself seriously. I would never kind of reflect on the things I've done. I would just put it as a back burner. Um, and then it's not until I saw the role in Monique's team, um, but for a lower banding actually, and I applied for that. Um, and then the manager at the time rang me, well, we spoke to each other on the phone and she said to me, no, no way. She goes, you're not going for that role. She goes, you're going for the different role. You're going for, for the project manager role. And when I when she said that to me, I was so grateful and I was so excited. I was running home. I was telling my family and my friends, I was like, no way can I be a project manager. I haven't even got a Prince too. So I went for the interview. Um, and when I went for the interview, 
I, I just kind of took before that I really took some time to myself to reflect on what I've done um, who I've come across the skills I have that I don't feel like I did have um, and I went for the interview and I got the role um, and then as Monique mentioned the pandemic hit and I had to change um, I was working with directors that again they had their workload full I had to take on different projects I had to change these projects and make them happen overnight we had to re redeploy staff into different roles um, it was a very sensitive time um, people weren't happy with being changed into different roles um, so what you've got to kind of understand as a leader and someone in that position is people aren't always going to be happy and it's, there can be some sensitive topics and it's how you deal with that um, how can you change your approach to make people realize actually it what's you know how will this impact and what effect will it have um, and then from there doing the project work and working in the pandemic I then found this role um, and I'm still currently quite new into this role and I'm developing skills I have um, but I would definitely say throughout my career path um, I've written down three things that I feel like has helped me become to where I am today um, and I will say that that's confidence, um, having confidence to have these conversations and working with senior people, working with clinicians, um, you have to have that confidence. And this is going to sound really cliche, but also self-love and self-respect. Um, if you don't have that approach where you don't feel like you have the abilities to do that and you just think to yourself, I can't do that. That's way above me. You're never going to be able to have that confidence. And that self-respect as well is, Sometimes you are going to come across these difficult people or difficult projects, um, but you need to know that actually you need to do this, but in a respectful way. And you need to have the respect for yourself and don't let people belittle you in a way. Or if you feel like you're nervous, don't don't feel like that. Um, another thing is communication. Um, so as I mentioned, building relationships is very important. Um, but the communication I, I like to take is usually a face to face approach. I know we're in a pandemic and we've, you know, even for example, today we've had to do it virtually, but that doesn't mean that that's your only communication. You know, you have emails, you have phones, you have texting, you have Zoom, Microsoft Teams and face to face. Um, so changing the way you communicate to different people, I think, makes a good leader, um, because if you don't have great communication, how is that person going to be confident in asking you questions? So an example is, Monique, when I used to come to you and sometimes I'd be like, is that a silly question? But you made me feel com comfortable because the way you communicated with me. And if I didn't understand anything, I would say, Monique, can you can you just kind of explain that in a different way? And you did. And that really helped me learning and it helped me where I am today. And another thing which I'm guilty of and I say it all the time is reflection. I really need to start doing a journal as to my achievements I've had over the years. But definitely reflecting does make a good leader, because as I mentioned, it kind of ties to the other two points I just mentioned. If you don't reflect, you won't have the confidence because you won't remember the skills and the and the great times. You kind of always think about the negative times or the hard times. So reflecting on yourself, I definitely think makes a great leader. And even for me, like sometimes I look back and think I was just sitting on reception maybe about seven years ago. Just you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for where I am at the moment. And um, that's through networking and through communicating and becoming a good leader um, and working collaboratively as well, because you can't do it on your own. You have to work with other people. 
Um, so I think that may be it for me. Um, I don't know, Monique, if you want to add anything or ask me anything more. Thank you, Nikita. I think um, I knew you would summarise well, but make really clear points. You can see from the chat. Thank you, Andrew. You're right. Really good points. Their points, the points that Nikita's made and the, the, the three points you put you, how you labeled them, Nikita, having confidence, having self-respect and love, for, having love for yourself, isn't it, first and foremost. And, and I would say what I heard from you is making the time to communicate. Now, I, and, and I, I labor those points because, like I said, it's so easy to think about needing a title to make something happen isn't it, to be able to influence. And I heard, and this embodies you, this embodies you a lot. And Matan said this to me, who used to be in our team. He said, decisions are made by those who turn up. What does that mean? You need to be at the table to be involved. But I think what we do sometimes is we tell ourselves that we must be at the top table. We must have a voice at the top table. And if you're not at that top table, you can't make anything happen. And I think, Nikita, you are testimony to that that is not true because you know the routes to influence the people who are at the top table. That's what you're good at and that's what you're really good at. And also you bring the voice of who you're trying to work with and who you're trying to create change for. And they respect that and they trust you. So I think that thing about what you've explained here for people sounds quite simple, but actually is very powerful. And I'd say to everybody here, you know, I'd ask you to reflect in the way that Nikita's just said to, it's a good idea to reflect and write down. I'd also ask you to reflect on those points that Nikita has just shared with us and say, are you doing that? You know, do, are you able to do it? And are you doing it? Both in trying to navigate your career journey, because a lot of you are here on the call and the feedback I've seen is people are here because they want to navigate their career. They want to build and grow as leaders. But are you also doing that in your role? Because whatever we do, even if you've got a, an operational role, you will still need to be um, influencing people in some way to do what it is you need to get done. We all need something from somewhere. No man is an island. So unless you're running a complete one man show, you've always got to work with someone. And I just ask you to think about, are you doing what Nikita's just said to the maximum effort? If not, why not? Is it a capability thing? And I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean it in the way of actually, these aren't skills that were necessarily taught. These are skills that you usually develop. And if you're advised to use them, and I know we've got some senior people on here who will go, yep, 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 yep. I know that already, no problem at all. But what we also need to do then is share, and are we teaching these skills then and guiding people who are working for you to use these skills? Because it's not just communication. Communication is an all encompassing word. But actually, you broke it down, Nikita, about making the time to communicate, understanding how the, on what is the best route to communicate who you're trying to influence. And as I said, I think that plays out into work life, but it also plays out into your career journey. I heard you say you skimmed over it quite quickly, but you spoke about parts of the journey when, you know, networking, using your network, realizing what was in front of you. Feeling brave enough. Yes, Ruby, I like the way you said that. Flexing your style. Yes. But I think, you know, using your network and also being brave enough to go for a role when you didn't quite have everything in front of you, but you still wanted to go for it. And that's the point about decisions are made by those who turn up. Let me say that again. Ruby, could you put that in the chat for me as well? 
what I'm what that means and why it was said in the conversation that I had was about frustration. It was about frustration of um, a leadership team where not everyone feels like they're pulling and moving towards the right, the same direction. Um, and someone working to, for that leadership team feeling very frustrated. And actually what he said was, I realized by offering to help, by offering to understand more of what was going on, I got invited into the conversation and I was able to make suggestions that were heard. So that comment about decisions who are made by those who turn up, you may not have the title, but is there an opportunity to get involved? Is there an opportunity to give a view? Is there an opportunity to try and shape? I'm not pretending that it's all fantastic and every senior leader out there opens the door and says, come in. But actually, quite a lot of them will. And if you put your hand up and say you want to get involved, a lot of the time there will be a senior who says, well, come along then, come and get involved. And Matt, I love that. 80% of success is showing up. I really, really like that because it is true. And that's what I'm trying to encourage here today, isn't it? It's about backing yourself. I'm trying to support you to be confident, is what I would say, to have the confidence to go for a role that might be a little bit out of your reach and see what happens, to ask to get involved in something different. And like Nikita did, when you get involved, to start navigating and learning and understanding and making it happen. So thank you very much, Nikita. Okay. Guys, I missed the whole section. <laughs> I was so excited to hear about Nikita. So before we move on to the questions, I just want to come to the books because offline, after the meetings, everyone tells me so much about the books and I get lots of messages saying, tell me what the books were again. And also people have been messaging me to tell me what books, how you're getting on with the books and how you're finding them. So before I run off to the Q&A, can I just come to the books and ask people to let me know how you're getting on? So for those of you who haven't been with us or for those of you who um, um, missed previous sessions, this was book number one, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Okay, I'll tell you about the books, Ali, as well. Bear with me, give me a minute, give me a minute. So this was the first book. And if you remember, this book, I said, David Goggins is radical. And for our winners, I know we've got some of our winners on the call today. I hope you started reading the book. I know Bernie, Bernie, I know you're busy in the chat, but I remember in the last session, you shared some more about your views on the book. He's radical, but what he's really saying is, it's the power of the mind. The power of the mind can overcome anything. He's done so much. He started off um, you know, in poverty, really bad situation, being abused. And the book tells you about his journey. But why I like this book, because you can tell from how I speak to and work with you, is about encouraging you to take action. And at the end of each chapter, he has a challenge in there for you that keeps you going and keeps you motivated through the book. So anyone who wants to share what they're learning and seeing from the book, good, bad, indifferent, please do put it in the chat. I know people will want to know. Book number two was How to Turn Stress on Its Head by Dr. Rani Bora. And again, thank you to everyone who's messaged me about how they're finding the book. Uzo, again, she said it really powerfully. And she said, I love how this is focusing on the power of thought. You'll see a thread here, won't you, of what I'm talking about. This is really talking about, it's not a stress management tool. It's talking about whether we can think about the concept of stress in a different way. And I like this book because it's light touch. It's a fairly easy read. I mentioned already, we've got a lot of colleagues who either work in or with people in healthcare. And what I like about this is it's actually got case studies in there. 
of people who have had really difficult situations while working and leading in healthcare. And although it was written way before the pandemic, I think you'll see that there are things in there that can resonate. So that's the other one if you missed it. And then the one from session three was Spike by Rene Cariol. And I hope um, some of you have looked up Rene Cariol because he is great and he does daily, he does something called a daily Spike Spark, where he emails you a sort of daily message. But again, this book is all focusing on your strengths. What are you great at? Remember, this is where we've got the question from. Um, it tells you stories. It's got lots of stories in there about people who have um, been successful, but it is all about building on your strengths. And again, I know some of you have shared that. And I have literally been to the post office today to post out the winning books that were kindly donated by Renee. So Ali, you asked, how do you get hold of a book? So for each session, I give away when I recommend the book. We give away books to um, this today. It's 10 lucky attendees. So they're randomly selected and you'll be notified by email. So I always say to everyone, I know you're eager to buy the books, but if you want to hold fire for a little bit, you can wait and see if you're going to be one of the winners. And that connects to what I was mentioning earlier about anyone who's attended all of the sessions has a chance of winning a copy of each of the recommended books. All right. So my apologies for missing that. But anyone who wants to share what their findings working for them from the books, let us know in the chat. I know that people, other colleagues will want to know that. They want to hear your views, not just mine. All right. OK, shall I move us on then to the Q&A? So, Tia, shall I come over to you? Yes, of course. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thanks, Monique. Okay, so Nikita, the first question is from Tracy. And Tracy said, I'd love to hear you talk about how having relationships have helped you unblock slash resolve challenging situations. Okay. So I definitely feel like there's been loads of them um, throughout, especially throughout the pandemic. Um, there's been loads of challenges is that kind of just spring on you, they've sprung on you, um, and you need the support from others. Um, so I think having the strong relationships with your team um, really does help. So during the pandemic, I would say my team, well, our, the team I was in kind of was split in two. Um, so I was myself and a project support, um, project support officer. Um, I think we worked really well. Um, it was communicating um, to each other frequently. Um, nothing was too much for either of us. Um, it was also working with directors they were calling me at nine o'clock at night um, which I know probably isn't great but it's having that can-do approach and also being confident to say look can I do this tomorrow um, it's not a deal breaker it's not going to change in a few hours and just being able to be confident of having those conversations um, and building a strong relationship with them so they weren't offended by that really did help um, and it just meant that the next morning, you know, we, we tackled through and as a team uh, with myself, my project support officer, my manager, um, and also the director um, who was understanding and realised actually you shouldn't be working at nine o'clock at night. Um, and it did help us resolve um, the challenges that we faced. So just working closely as a team, being able to communicate and have the confidence um, really did help. Thank you. So the next question is from Bernadette and it says, Nikita, you are so young. Where do you see yourself in five years time? 
Lovely. Um, I would love to say retired. <laughs> but no, um, I definitely did. I did mention that I do really enjoy projects um, and I do really enjoy transformation work. Um, and I feel like that's because the skills I've gained. Um, and also what I like about it is you work with different people. Um, you're not always stuck with one person in like in a team you're always working with different people from different teams different services um and on different projects and on different topics and I like that because I do feel like sometimes well a friend of mine says Nikita you've got itchy feet you can't sit in one place you can't be stuck in one project or one job you like to get your hands in different things so I would definitely say projects whether that will still be in the NHS I don't know um but definitely in a project and it would like to be a senior project manager in the next five years great thank you okay so the next question is from emily and her question is it'd be great to hear if you've had experience of turning an initially poor or difficult relationship into a positive one and how you manage this so actually that's a that's a good question that's a really good question um and I think a good example of that would be quite recently so um at the moment or just frequently I've just finished working with the COVID vaccination project um so we were vaccinating um the population in Hounslow so I was working quite closely with um practice managers um and there's a practice manager that um can be quite difficult to work with um, she is very passionate about her practice. She doesn't like to share information. Um, and there were times where I needed to get some information to be able to benefit the running of the clinic. Um, if I didn't have that information, I wouldn't know how many patients were to be booked in, wouldn't know if you know patients were being seen on time or if they were breaching. Um, so what I did was I could, well, through working with others, I realized that her, she was really snowed under. Um, she had lots of other work to do because business as usual didn't stop. So what I did is I took the approach to actually reach out to her to say, actually, I'm willing to help. Um, you know, I might I don't need to help, but I'm willing to help. Um, how can I help? And, you know, I started ringing some patients for her to book them in. And as I mentioned, she was really particular about giving access to, to others not in her practice, but she gave me access to her practices. Mm. I called her patients. And now when I send an email to her, she responds back. Um, and it's great. I know it's very small, small steps, but something like that, I feel like is an accomplishment because it was going from not getting a response to not having a conversation to now having a relationship, which is, okay, it's a great working relationship. It will benefit not just me, but her. So I think that will be a good example of how I did that. Can I just build on that? Thank you, Nikita, because again, I think here, something that um, I'm gonna call out, let me say it that way, um, is that, you know, it's easy for us to sometimes think there's a problem with the person we're working with, isn't it? You know, and that they're, they're difficult, they're, they're awkward, it's this, and that might be true. I'm not saying that's not true. I think this is where I talk about um, but how do you navigate that, isn't it? How, what is it you can do? Because again, we focus on what we can't do. What is it we can do? And I, re and I love that too, Tracy, showing a mutual benefit. What are the things that you can look at? What are the things that are within your gift to do? And are you willing? Because I think Nikita as well, something you're very willing to do is to step outside of your comfort zone. So here, 
you know, this is talking about this because the, the, the power of a conversation may mean that you've got to meet someone way more than halfway to get where you need to get to. And that's what I just heard from you. You know, are we willing to do that? Is it worth it? Well, it is worth it if you're working on something really tough and you need that to unlock, then actually it is worth doing that, isn't it? It is worth putting that extra effort in, in terms of where that gets you to, in terms of what you're trying to move or what you're trying to achieve. And I think it's just important to say that some of this, yes, Ruby, exactly, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Sometimes it is that space. You know, this is about brave leadership. Um, and the, the story, what we heard from Salma a couple of weeks ago, she had some really difficult situations, but she also spoke about when she was in her roles, how she navigated and how she stayed true to her values, but she pushed, pushed, pushed and moved forward. And I think it's just, that's why I'm trying to tease this out today about knowing what's in your locker and how you're using it and having the confidence to step forward and use it as well. And that you then reap the rewards because you may not see it when you're doing it. I don't know how you felt when you went way over halfway to, to, to meet that practice manager. Um, and whether people understand, so again, we take it for granted here. I will get back to the questions in a minute. We take it for granted here that everybody understands healthcare because we have a lot of healthcare colleagues. So. Just to give people a flavor who don't understand, working with GP colleagues is one of the most tricky areas in the world of healthcare. GPs all run their own, a GP runs their own business. Basically, they are all individual business owners, but they provide NHS services. So when Nikita just reeled off, I was working with 300 odd GPs. Literally, all of them will have different views, different opinions and want things done in different ways. And as far as they're concerned, there's nothing wrong with that because they're running their own business. Nikita's role in the roles that she's had will be about trying to bring some of that together and trying to move them all towards a common thing. So I think I just wanted to explain that because I'm sure there'll be people who may be working in different settings, but that feeling of having so many stakeholders and you've got to galvanize them all, I think it's important to understand that context. Okay, Tia, I'll come back to you. And Emily, I'm glad you understand the pain of that as well. GPs are wonderful people, but they see it all through their individual practices quite rightly because their priority is their patients. So we understand it, but when you're trying to work with them and move things forward, it is tricky. So Tia, let me come back to you in the questions, sorry. That's okay, thanks, Monique. Um, so Nikita, this question's from Matt. And the question is, Nikita, you seem wonderfully composed and self-possessed. Is this a style that you have cultivated or are you a swan like a lot of us? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um, I would say um, I think I'm a swan. Um, as I mentioned, um, I was at a point where I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't think I would be a person that could have conversations and work closely with directors. You know, I would see a director and I would just automatically pretend I'm doing some work and now uh, it's it's crazy um, and I definitely feel like it's rewarding um, but it's through life experiences and career you know yeah. thinking about your career and where you want to be and having that confidence to get to where you are um, so I definitely feel like yeah a swan. <laughs> Thank you okay so the next question we have is from Yvonne and her question, Nikita, is speaking about challenges, can you tell us about challenges you have faced navigating your career? Um, as she's curious if it's your age, gender and race in particular that have been an issue or barrier. Yeah, um, I would say 
for me, um, I definitely feel like age wasn't a challenge, but I think in my eyes, I didn't take myself seriously because of my age. Um, I always felt like no one's going to take me serious. Um, no one's going to want to listen to me. Um, as I mentioned, especially in the healthcare setting, people are very set in their own ways. Um, some of the directors or some of the senior staff have been in their roles for 20 odd years, maybe even longer. So they're very set in the way that their service is running at the moment. Um, they're very set with how things are or how things were and they're not open to change. So when it was, um, so when there were projects and I was told, right, you're going to have to work closely with so-and-so or we need to change this or we need to work differently. Um, I was at first really paranoid and I thought to myself, no one's going to take me seriously. I'm that 27 year old. Um, no one's going to listen to me. So I definitely feel like age was something that I had an issue with myself. Um, I do feel like not just the NHS, but loads of companies and businesses are taking on board younger people um, from different races, because I think Monique mentioned it. That's a new way. You know, we can bring new ideas to the table. Um, and that's why I'm actually grateful for, for this um, webinar, because I think it allows people to have that support and that confidence and motivation that anyone can be a leader. Um, regardless of your age, gender or race. And we should be working together to support each other to become good leaders um, because it's the way forward. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is definitely the way forward. Um, so that was a really good question. And I definitely feel like, yeah, it was my own self-doubt, not others. Thank you, Katie. So I think that's a, a very, um, that's why I wanted you here. Because, it, you know, it is why I wanted you here, because, you know, it's a, that's a good question, Yvonne. And I think that there is a lack of diverse talent because diverse talent is not always supported and encouraged to come through, especially when you're working in environments that are not diverse. Or even if you're in an organisation that's diverse, but your team isn't diverse, diverse by age, gender, race or background, any of those. And one of the reasons, one of the things that I really want to get into is working with organizations, working with recruitment consultants, working with agencies about how do how can I support them and connect people so that we have got more diverse talent pipelines. You know, there is so much talent out there. How do we give that talent a platform to be supported? And I mean, I saw Tracy say it, and I agree with Tracy entirely, Nikita. You were a director in the making and then some. You know, it really is. But it's about making sure that you are connected um, and that you are supported and encouraged to build on your confidence as well, to open those doors. Because unfortunately, those doors are not always flung as wide open for younger talent or diverse talent. And that is the that's the sad truth at the moment. We've got to push. And people like myself who have the ear of people and have that influence and held board roles, it's really important that we do that. So thank you, a brilliant, brilliant answer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so just moving to the next question here, and this is from MC, um, and it says, really fantastic so far, thank you. How can I be a good leader to my team when the boss above me leads by telling me to do things? Control as was spoken about at the beginning. Yeah. Can I, do, do you mind if I take this? I know, I was gonna say that would probably be better. <laughs> You know, I'm glad you asked that MC, thank you, because that's what I was touching on. 
this is all well and good. Nikita worked with me. I don't like to say for me. Nikita worked with me. And Nikita, and I have had, I had some other brilliant people. You've heard me talk about my team, some really good people in my team, and we worked together. And I empowered my team. But I absolutely know that I wasn't necessarily the norm in the organization I worked in. Um, and so you, you can have situations where the way your boss is dealing with you is not the way that you want to lead. Um, something I say to people is, I'm not telling you to walk out the door tomorrow. But there does come a time when it might be that the fit isn't right. But while you are there, you may be surprised, but people really take in how you're operating and what you're doing and how you deal with people and how you deal with your work. So I would encourage you to, to embody and be the best leader you can be to your team. I know it must feel horrible when that's coming down the line in that way, but you know in yourself that's not the way you want to lead. So you lead in the way that you want to and the way that you think is right, and your team will respect you for that, and they will see it, and people will see it, you know, and sometimes you influence your boss by how you lead and how you get results, because I know, and I've seen it myself, sometimes when controlling autocratic managers see someone in their team who is leading differently, or someone in the team next door, and they're seeing the results are changing, they start to become intrigued, they start to want to know what it is you're doing differently, so I just encourage you to lead the best way that you can, but I do appreciate that that is a difficult situation. Best thing you can do is lead by example, but I'd also encourage you to be honest about if it is coming to the point where it's not changing and it's going against your values, to really think about if that is the right space for you on the rest of your journey. I hope that answers your question. Okay, Tia, should we take the next one? Yeah. That would be great. So the next question, Nikita, is from Cassandra. And her question is, Nikita, you said you applied for a post, but interviewed for a higher banding. How did you manage the interview and adapt your skills to the job specs of the higher banding? So I think this ties into what I mentioned about self-doubt um, and kind of loving yourself and respecting yourself. So when I applied for the role, well, the lower banding role, um, it was... I, I already had the skills for the higher banding role, but I just didn't see it because of several things like my age. And actually, when I told my the manager at the time that I was going for an interview, he said, you'll be back. And that, that really knocked me. Um, but actually, I think because I, I, I was told, actually, you have the skills, I went home and done my homework. I spent some time on my own and I I reflected on my past um, career journeys and um, jobs I'd been in. But I also spoke to others and I said to like friends in my personal life and family and said to them, do you think I could do the job? And they said, of course you can here. Like, you know, you have the skills. You're a great person to, to kind of work with. You know, you communicate really well. You have the confidence to do it. So I definitely feel like having a good support network definitely does help you um, and just reflecting because sometimes you have some hidden talents, but you don't see it. And it's so easy to critique on yourself and think, oh, I wish I'd done that better or oh, I wish I can do this. But you actually don't think about what you can do. Um, so don't knock yourself is definitely some good advice, I would say, um, because, you know, you probably do have skills you just don't know or you, put them, you don't realise how important they are. So I think a good tip would be to maybe do some brainstorming and just think, actually, what skills do I have that I don't? know I have or ask a friend ask your family um 
and then you can always adapt it to the job description as well. Okay, thanks Nikita. Um, so the next question is from Ali and the question is, how do you increase confidence in a safe environment? The work environment has accountability and failures which are not always welcomed. Of course, um, that's definitely true. Monique, do you want to answer? I think, um, I think it's important in terms of, um, we spoke before about creating safe spaces. And I spoke before about, um, about empowering people and supporting them when it goes well and supporting them through even better if. So when things don't work well, still supporting your team because people are being brave and making big decisions. And someone who's in a project or in a role and they're making those decisions, of course, they're going to get things wrong. People always get things wrong. I've got many things wrong. I've spoken before, I think, on one of the sessions before about when I had a massive responsibility for a big program. Even if that program failed, the, the organisation I worked for would have lost its second biggest contract and something went wrong, badly wrong. And I had to deal with that and face up to it. Um, and that was difficult. But actually, that's how you grow. That's how you develop. That's how you learn. And all my colleagues' eyes, the whole organization's eyes was on me. It was really, really difficult. But I learned so much from it. So I think, yes, of course, I understand. If you've got a manager who's going to tear you to shreds if you get something wrong, it's going to create an atmosphere of fear. People won't try. People won't try new things because you're scared. But if you have the responsibility to deliver something and you want to give something a go, I'd encourage you to do it. Exactly. It's about how you bounce back from making those mistakes, you know, and I'm trying to encourage you here to step forward, because if you're not brave, you are unlikely to fulfill your potential. You know, the best successes, the, the best things happen from taking some things or doing some things that go wrong, understanding how to recover from a failure is really important. Um, and I'm not saying that because, oh, I'm the big I am and I had a really, you know, something bad happens and I sorted out. It's because it was really hard. It was really, really hard. And absolutely, Jacob, failure is part of growing. So yes, I do understand if you're working in an environment where, um, you know, people are vilified, you know, people are treated terribly if they get something wrong, that's not nice. And you most probably won't want to test things out in that space. But actually, most of the time, you will be able to recover from that thing going wrong. And actually, you mostly get more credit for putting that thing right and understanding and learning from it. So I just encourage you, um, the thing, this conversation is about, about networking, because I get asked about it all the time. You know, how do I build my network? How do I build relationships? So when we finish the q and I will touch on and start to talk about that, because Ali, I think it's a good Part of your question that I would like to come back to is the bit about where do you get those opportunities to develop skills if you can't or, or, or don't feel comfortable doing that in your current role? Where else can you do that? Where else can you learn? So I'd just like to come back to that part. Thanks, Minnie. Okay, so the next question is from Cheryl and her question is, did you end up doing the print too? as many people always think you need the qualification to be in a certain position. Um, so I'm actually doing the Prince 2 in two weeks time. Um, <laughs> so I didn't do it, um, but I definitely feel like I gained skills. Um, and a few people have said to me the Prince 2 is very, 
it's not practical uh, it's good to know but it's not practical um so i am looking forward to doing it now because i feel like i've done a bit backwards so i've got the skills now or i feel like i've got the skills and how do i adapt that and how do i actually put that in a more practical way um so yeah in two weeks time i'll be doing that Girl, thanks nikita okay so the next question is what is the best um this is from victoria sorry what is the best piece of advice you've ever given i've ever given yeah um so the best piece of advice i've given is kind of to believe in yourself um and try things that aren't in your comfort zone um and i think another thing is remember everyone is human so when you're working with people especially senior leaders or or even people in in roles below you i'd say or or not as senior um everyone is human everyone has feelings so, you know, someone that you're working with may be having a bad day um, and they may take it out on you. Um, but that doesn't mean that you need to kind of put your back up towards them. You still remain professional. You still remain the same person that you are uh, because everyone is human. Um, and you need to believe in yourself as well in life, I think, to get to where you want to be. So I think there's two pieces of advice I've given to people that I feel like have helped. Uh, because I always get people saying the heat of work was horrible today this and this happened but you, you know you're going to have times like that um, and it's how you compose yourself and I think that's how you maintain relationships because people will reflect and be like oh maybe I was a bit rude or maybe I was a bit um, unprofessional towards towards Nikita or something but it's how you reacted to that that is what they remember um, so I think that's two tips there great thank you Okay, so the next question I have is from Bernadette, and her question is, how do you go, and this probably is for either both of you or Monique, how do you go about getting a good coach or mentor? So, <laughs> Bernie, I will, I will not leave you with this question. I'm going to bring this question. So the next session, um, we'll be focusing on um, developing your support toolbox. And the reason why I want to focus on that is because um, you and many others have asked me about mentoring um, coaching. People, I think, sometimes get confused between the two, what's right for them at the right time. And also talking about, like you just said, well, how do I identify someone good? And I know Emily's here with us today as well. And Emily raised a really good point with me separately when she said, well, it feels like there aren't enough senior um, you know, black or brown mentors available for everybody who needs a mentor. So what can we do differently? And she's been speaking to me, which I think is a very powerful thing about peer mentoring and support as well. So the thing about for how to find a good coach, I'll be talking about that more because I always think the power of a recommendation is important. Um, you know, I like to be recommended to people, but I also know you need to know the, the things we were talking about in the sessions before about knowing yourself, knowing what you're great at, knowing what you think you want to focus on, but also knowing how you like to learn. I think that's really important as well, because coaching is about learning. You know, mentoring is about learning. So being aware of how you like to learn and how you like to coach, be aware of that before you start looking, because actually that's going to help you with trying to find the person that's right for you. It doesn't mean that you're going to go for someone who's just like you. I don't mean that, but it's about knowing what's important. I know for me, I learn better from people who I think are credible. 
in what they're doing and what they're telling me. That's not because of their title. It's usually because they've walked the walk. And I know they're talking from a place of experience. It's not about whether they're more senior to me. It's just about experience. I know I connect with that more than someone who's got 10, 12, 13 different abbreviations after their name, but have never been anywhere near the situation that I'm facing. So I will pick up on that, Bernie. I haven't forgotten you. It will be one of the first questions I take in the next session. Great, thanks, Bernie. Another question from Victoria is, is there anything you learned while you was initially um, were pursuing teaching that you still use today? Um, I would say engaging um, and kind of presenting yourself. Um, so, in university, I probably wasn't the greatest student, but uh, I'm a very practical, hands-on person. And a lot of um, my uni work was uh, practical and kind of um, placement-based. Um, and that taught me to be confident um, because your people are looking up to you. One day you, you, know, you, you will teach them skills in life that can help them get somewhere. Um, and what I did realise is that's not just in school. That happens everywhere. Um, you know, I get people that say to me, Nikita, I'm, I'm learning from you. Um, and these people are like doctors that have been in practice for 30, 40 years. Um, so everyone learns from each other. Um, and I think learning that in my university experience helped me um, because it's not just a one way street. You don't just learn from someone that's older than you or in a more senior role. You learn from everyone. Um, and it kind of also taught me to communicate in different ways because people understand things differently. Um, people are engaged when you communicate in different ways as well. Um, so for example, with me, I kind of lose concentration when someone's just talking to me. Um, I, I lose concentration very quickly, but if someone says to me, I need this done, how do you think we can do it? If it's more interactive, you've got my full attention. I'm, I'm working with you and we'll get things done. So it's, it's, it's taught me that because in, in, in obviously in the classroom, kids have different learning levels and like to be taught in different ways. Um, I, I can't remember now, but there was a study um, in psychology where someone said that there's different ways, but I think there's three different ways. There's audio, reading, visual. There's all these different ways of communicating and learning. So it taught me that as well. Thank you. Was you going to interject, Minnie? Yes. <laughs> so you could tell, can't you? So <laughs> something I just wanted to connect to what Nikita had said before about making the time to communicate and thinking about how you can communicate and the different routes you can and how to use that to your effect, you know, to have best effect on who you're trying to influence. I think I just wanted to build on that and, and talk about um, knowing who you're trying to influence, okay? Because I think it's easy to talk about, again, it's the people right up here, it's them, it's them, they need to change. And that might be true, but how much do you know about them? You know, how much do you know about them and know what their issues are? Like Nikita was saying with her practice manager, you know, how, do, how much do you know about them? Who, if you're trying to influence a number of people, whether it's a team you've got, whether it's seniors, whether it's many different teams because it's a change piece of work, whatever it is, do you know, what do you know about them? And how can you find out more about them? If it's about, like I was touching on, someone who you want to mentor you or someone you want to speak to, 
How much do you know about them? And I don't mean just looking on their LinkedIn and having a look. Of course, you can do that. But really trying to understand and know who you're trying to influence. The other thing I would also advise as well is about trying to sort, categorize those people. Who are the ones who you think are going to come on board quite quickly and your approach can be quite straightforward? Who are the ones who might be middle of the road, you know, might not be fully on board with it, might be a bit sceptical? Who are the ones that are, you know, really tricky customers? Don't know how I'm going to do this or really feel senior. It's scary. It's woo. I really don't feel confident in that. But I'd really encourage you to just start thinking about that in terms of building your influence and negotiation skills and approaches. That's something that you can do. or have the conversation with someone who might help you fill in those gaps, but know who you're trying to influence so you can then do what Nikita's advised us, understand how the best way might be to communicate with them and making the time to do it. So Tio, I think we've got time for one more question. I think we could take one more question. Yeah, so there's literally the final two. So one's just saying thank you to you, Nikita, and that you're definitely a future leader. Um, and then one for you, Monique, you're such an eloquent speaker and have such great tips and wisdom. When are you going to write your book? Oh, Tia, <laughs> shall we tell them about the, the Thank you very much, first of all. <laughs> shall we tell them about the manifesting that we were talking about? Go for it. <laughs> so um, I had some new photos done last week because... Um, you'll know that I'm launching my podcast by popular demand, I should say. Um, and I had some new photos done and some of the feedback I had on the photos was, Monique, this looks like a photo that you should have on the back of your book when you write it. And I went, oh my gosh. So, but Tia said, no, let's manifest that. You're gonna, be, you're gonna write your book and you're gonna have this photo on the back of your book. So I'm putting it out there. Everybody can hear this today that I'm, I'm manifesting and putting it out there that I better get my own networking going and get my own powers of conversation going to be out there to um, write my book. So yeah. watch this space is what I would say <laughs> because I was fresh, I wasn't, pressure's not the right word. I was encouraged to do a podcast and that was um, last October when I did my first webinar with Tara. And here we are, I'm going to be launching it this month. So let's put it out there. So thank you, Tia. You're very welcome. And that was the final question. I have put it popped in the chat. If there was any that was missed, please pop it in the Q&A. If we can't, you know, um, read it out now, we'll definitely pick it up later. Um, but that's it for the questions at the moment. Thank you. So I just want to go back to the chat because, Uzo, you made a wonderful point in the chat about the power of networking. Um, and saying that it creates an opportunity for you to learn and thrive. And it's so true. And it's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. So I know here, this is like our network. You know, I've said that I'm building a brave leadership community. I know that I was nervous about doing this in the sense of I knew the vibe and the energy I wanted to create. I knew the some of the challenging topics I wanted to bring. I knew that I didn't want this to just be a space where you just listen in the background, there's nothing wrong with that. But I also wanted to make it a space where there was interaction. I think interaction is important. I think we've got some great people joining these sessions who've got just as many views as what I have. I've got just as many experiences as I have. And I want to bring that through. I've wanted to build a, a virtual learning community is the way that I describe it. And I'm really proud of all of us that we felt this is a safe space where we can be honest to do that. So. For me, and that's why I've tried to today 
this is slightly different. This topic is slightly different because we're starting to get into it now. We're starting to get into the skills that I think you need to have. You know, I remember one, my old chairman, my first chairman, when I first became a director, he said, I said to him, what's the most important skills you think a director needs? And he said, influence and negotiation. And he said, it's not just direct, he said, everybody. Anyone who wants to succeed in their career, you have to be razor sharp at influence and negotiation. And I think what I added to that is about the, the power of a conversation, because that's what it is. Influencing people, negotiating, networking, building that up, it's about the power of a conversation. You know, I always tease myself and say I'm a chatterbox, and I am. But actually, the power of a conversation unlocks so much. It can help you in something you're stuck with, whether that's peer support. It can help you with moving things forward, how we've heard from Nikita. Also heard Nikita talking about where she not only has built her own confidence, but had that confidence in encouragement from friends and family as well. It's really important also to use it to collaborate. And I want this space to be a space where you can collaborate as well. So before I forget, I want to encourage everyone, if you're on the call and you want to share your social media handles with each other, please do put it in the chat. I know there's people who do want to network with each other. Um, let's do that. And I love, I love it when people are also giving me advice, encouraging and talking about things that we should all do. So Yvonne, I love that comment about let's, let's think about our language. Because again, the power of a conversation is about language, isn't it? It's not overthinking what you're saying, but it's taking the time. We heard Nikita talk about she takes the time to prepare for some of those key conversations or key situations, taking some time to think about what to do about it. But also once you've done that, it's then about stepping forward. So we finished the Q&A. We're now on to the bit that's my pressure situation to try and boil down what the key learning points are. Um, and I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna ask you the questions. If you remember, I always ask you guys a question back as well. So, and I've just given you some hints to be able to answer that question. But I think what I've heard in terms of the key learning points today, and maybe I'm biased because these are the ones I love the most, but I loved what Nikita said about Building your confidence through self-love and self-respect. I really, really like that. You know, our confidence can get knocked so much by other people, by situations and circumstances, bad management situations. We heard on the last session, unfortunately, about bullying, you know, really bad experiences. Thankfully, we also heard about how people move forward from that, you know, and have still had successful careers, thank goodness. So I think building confidence through self-respect and self-love, linking on what Yvonne just said, how we speak to ourselves, the language that we use. I talk to people about the chatter, the chatter in your head, how you might be talking to yourself, how you might be talking yourself out of things. Nikita was honest enough to share that with us about when she was talking herself out of a role that she ended up being able to do. So how we speak to ourselves, how we respect ourselves, is really important. The second point, I think, is the point that Uzo made. So thank you again for your contribution, Uzo, about net networking creates an opportunity for you to learn and thrive. And I really hope that this is what you are hearing here today and that you feel, anyone here with us, I really hope this is feeling for you like somewhere where you can learn and thrive. And the learning is important because I want you to leave these sessions with something that you take away that you can then use. Like I said, 
loved the energy of the first few sessions, loved the inspiration, but I know that will, that will help some people, it won't help everybody. So this is about getting into it a bit more. And then the last point, the point I just made, knowing who you're trying to influence and making the time to think about how to communicate with them. So Ruby, sorry, that's a bit of a long one. <laughs> um, knowing who you're trying to influence and making the time to think about how best to communicate with them. So maybe we could say, knowing who you're trying to influence, think about how best to communicate with them. Does that work? So those are the three key learning points that I think I've heard today. Anybody, as usual, if there's anything else that you feel you've heard that you want us to capture, you know that we push those out onto social media as well. So if there's anything pertinent you think we should also add, please put it in the chat. And I love that, Alice, it's so true. Don't let anyone clip your wings. The power of reflection, I love that as well, Victoria, the power of reflection, it's so, it is so powerful, isn't it? And I hope that because we're keeping these sessions to 90 minutes that people do take time to reflect after as well on what we're covering. So Tia, I think I'm ready to go back to the slides. Okay, that's great. Okay, so let's take this question first. <clears throat> and I asked people about what's in your support toolbox. So this is what I wanted to ask you. So I mentioned, I started to talk about things that can help you. I've said to you that the next session is gonna be about developing your toolbox. Myself and Ruby spoke to you in session two, if you were here, about what you could have in your support toolbox. But if I ask you this question now, and you take a few minutes, we've got time for you to have a think of it. I'd really like to hear from you. What's in your support toolbox? What are you using to support yourself as a leader at any level? Remember me saying everyone's a leader because we lead ourselves and we lead our own minds before we lead anything else. But what's in there? What are you using to help support yourself? You heard some of what Nikita's using and how she has helped herself to build confidence and to be successful. You may have heard me speak about my peers support me and Salma saying that we wish we met each other years ago, how we would have supported each other with some of those difficult times in our role. But I will be helping you, I hope, and supporting you to add more to your toolbox. But what's in your toolbox now that you go to? What do you go to when it's difficult? Who do you call on? What do you call on? How do you do it? I really would like you to share that because I think it will help others as well. So. Please do answer that. I'm gonna move on now. Thank you, Balanli. Yet networking like this session that we're having. Thank you. Yet Ruby, right back at you. You're in mine as well, definitely. That go-to person. Thank you to hear peer support, self-reflection, my children. I'd absolutely echo my children. <laughs> my children are practical support, emotional support. Those of you who don't know my children, help me with some of the behind the scenes things as well. Thinking time, I, we heard the power of reflection, didn't we, Grace? And I think that's so important as well. So yes, thank you for that. So keep them coming, guys, and I'll read them out as we go along. Trusted friends, reading material and reflection. Twitter, that's a great one, actually. I've learned so much from Twitter. I think that's important, Uzo, as well, about the amount you can learn if you are following and connecting to the right people. Networks of trusted friends reflections and being honest with yourself. 
And Sam, sometimes it, I know it's hard to be honest with yourself. And I, and I know Sam and Sam's someone who I can go to for honest feedback and reflection and advice as well. But it's important to have that, isn't it? So thank you very much. Tia, shall we move on to the next one? Good reflection and discern what works for you. Yep, thank you, Belanli. Knowing yes, my so abilities and skills inside out of work. I like that, Kamal, thank you. So shall we click on thank you, Tia? Okay, so what I have here is your book recommendation and your takeaway action. Um, Praying and definitely magic. Thank you, Tracy, a woman of faith. So praying, yes, I know we have pe many people of faith here who will turn to their faith when things are difficult. And I too have that in my support toolbox. Thank you. So today, the book, Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. This is one of my favorite books. Why is it one of my favorite books? Because this is talking, this really underpins what the power of a conversation is really about. This really talks about connecting with people as people. Thank you, Yvonne, you know this book. And I know it's a favorite of many people, but it is one of my favorites. And um, I really would encourage everybody to read it. Thank you, Jem, um, because this is about love and about connecting with people and really focusing on what matters. And the power of a conversation is all about that. Look at how many of you have just said about trusted friends, family, children, faith, all of those things I think underpin who we are. And I know not everybody has that. And it may be different things that you will need to bring that to you. And we know through the pandemic that some people are very, very isolated and alone. Um, and it's important that for those people, I hope that all of us see it in ourselves to find a way maybe to reach out to people who are isolated or lonely and offer them friendship or a kind word. But this book really talks about focusing on that in your life, you know, and whilst it's great to have a career and to be successful and all of those things, those are great. Underneath it, it's about love and connection. And I honestly believe if that's in your value set, that's what's important. I know for me, before I'm, I was Monique the director, Monique the leader, Monique running the webinar, I might be Monique the author going forward. I'm just Monique. You know, I'm Leah, Jordan and Jade's mum. I'm Linda's daughter. You know, I'm the, the love and support of my family. And that makes me feel emotional saying that, but it underpins who I am. It is me. You know, that is me to my core. That is why I feel confident to stand up here as me. And I just want everyone to please make sure you make time for that. You all just said some of those things are in your support toolbox. Make time for it. It's so important. This book really guides you through why it's important. But when I think about what some of you have shared with me and what other leaders have shared with me, they talk about people wanting to see you as a person to be able to connect with you. And I think, you know, sometimes we get worried. Exactly, Alice, except who you are. Sometimes we get worried. I might not speak the right way. I might not know enough. We heard Nikita say, you know, sometimes I wasn't sure if I had enough for that role. Be confident in who you are. Who you are is unique and it's special. And I said that before in session one, you know, please be confident in who you are. I'm here to support you to be brave. I want you to be brave. And I'm standing on this, this soapbox telling everyone that we must embrace and encourage people to be themselves. But in being yourselves 
and in learning the skills of how to communicate, how to flex your style and approach, understanding where someone is, meeting them more than halfway, trying to ask for help, because asking for help sometimes brings you closer to people and builds your network. All of that will help you to build influence and relationships. And it's all through what the title of this is, The Power of a Conversation. So this leads me to your takeaway action. I really would like to encourage you and support you to reach out to three people, three people you want to have a conversation with to help you take that next step. It doesn't matter what that next step is, it could be anything, but I would like to ask you to do that for me and then let us know how you're getting on. So three people you wanna have a conversation with. You had advice from Nikita on preparing for that, but please, I'd encourage you to do it. I'm here to support you. Get in touch with me if you want advice on it. Get in touch with me if you're feeling scared and you want a bit of encouragement. But let's do this because we're here. You came here to listen and learn. You came here as an inspiring leader at any level that you might be at. You came here to be encouraged. So let me encourage you to do that. So I'm conscious of the time. Poor Ruby, I've only left you a few minutes. But can I hand what? over to you to wrap up for us? And shall we take the slide down now or do we go to the next one? We go to the next one, actually. Thank, thank you. you. So thank you, everyone, for joining today. Um, and as usual, you know, the chat function, everyone was really engaging and talking to each other and encouraging each other as well, which is always refreshing to see um, how everyone just the power of encouragement um, and you, you know some of you don't even know each other so this is absolutely fantastic um, and thank you Nikita for taking the time and Monique and Tia as always it's a, a pleasure working with you guys so just to um, close off uh, today's session um, as Monique said um, the the sorry you'll receive an email with all the learning points that we just mentioned um, about the confidence about making the time uh, to to um, communicate with people and how you're going to do that um, so you will get all those learning points you'll get information about the book and also the takeaway action that Monique just shared with us just wanted to share a bit about you know Tuesdays with Maury the actual book itself um, so the book tells the true story of a journalist and it's really about Mitch Album's conversations that he has with his professor Maury and Maury's dying from terminal illness and he shares his his life lessons and his advice so this is based on 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 those true life stories of Maury um, and the importance of connecting with people um, like Monique said and today we were talking about you know connecting with people your takeaway action is trying to see three people that you can connect with um, in the first instance and it's also about understanding what others needs are and why uh, and why and be more involved in, in in your life while you're living you know forgiving yourself and forgiving others and, and not waiting to do, to do something that you feel is right um so that tells you a little bit about the book um just to give you a bit of a reminder of our next session session five um and that will be on wednesday the 23rd of june at 6 p.m uk time on zoom same time as we do every two weeks um and this is taking your next step developing your support toolbox the registration is is open and it's free um so uh, please join um as, as as soon as you can it should be in the chat function right now as well and you'll also receive that information via an email too um, we would like to say as well that Monique mentioned before about the winners of the book. Um, so every session we do select uh, 10 random attendees and they will receive this book. So again, those 10 random selections will also receive an email um, uh, letting them know that they have won the book. 
um, we'd encourage you all to attend all of our sessions because each session leads to the second next one. Um, the, the, this webinar series was created in a way where it gives you that being yourself, backing yourself, and then how to make it happen. So it's that three-stage approach. So I really encourage you to attend all of the sessions. And as always, please follow Monique on Twitter um, and on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we really, really hope to see you in, in, in a couple of weeks. Just to finish off the session, I want you guys to just reflect on today's session, share any thoughts or, or feelings that you might have, put those in the chat function. Um, and whilst we're doing that, I'll share a little song with you guys, unless Monique wants to say anything before I share the song. Monique, is there any a couple of words that you want to finish off with? So I think just to say, you know, thank you for going with me with this session. It was different. It was challenging, I think, but people really got into it and thought about it and really listened. And I think there was a lot of reflection as well during this session. So thank you very much as always. Um, really appreciate your time. Thank you. And Ruby, I know this song, <laughs> this song is telling us everything we need to know, isn't it? It, it is. really is. So I can't wait to hear it. This song is, um, it really does motivate you to just keep on going and keep on moving. And I think after the last year and a half that we've all been in such a challenging situation, this does just give you that push. Um, so I, I'd like to introduce Moving Up. Um, can we please play the song, Tia? And if I can ask you, whilst you're listening to it, please just share your final thoughts with us. Any final things that you wanna might say or share, we'd really appreciate that. And thank you so much. Have a great evening, everyone. There was so much covered in that session, so I just want to remind you of what the top takeaways were. Building confidence through self-love and self-respect, and as I said, that's my favourite one. Know who you're trying to influence and take the time to think about how best to communicate with them. Very powerful, and I think it's something that seems quite straightforward, but often is overlooked. And networking creates opportunities for you to learn and thrive. So remember, this was all about the power of building your influence and building your relationships. The takeaway action in the session was about for you to reach out to three people you want to have a conversation with to help you take that next step. The reason why I have takeaway actions is because I think it's so easy to listen to a session, feel inspired, feel motivated and honestly believe in that moment that you're going to run ahead and take action. And it doesn't always quite work like that. So I hope having something practical that you can now do as a result of listening to this, and I'm sure everybody will have a conversation that they want to have. This is the encouragement to go and have that. The other question that was asked as well was about what's in your support toolbox. And you would have heard Ruby say at the end of the session about what the next session is about. Um, how to develop support you developing your support toolbox it's a bit of a mouthful isn't it but I hope you will listen to episode five because we'll be talking more about that and more about why I think that is so important in helping you on your leadership and navigating your career journey as you start to take on more responsibility and also same thing of what we spoke about in session three that you'll be leading and living through challenging times so the support you need is very important Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave me a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe. Can you please also share this with friends, family members or colleagues? I'd really appreciate it. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Monique Carriol or connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't already. I'm Monique Carriol on there too. And also click the links in the show notes to join my mailing list. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. Take care and see you soon.